who brought his gang to the Q&A tent. How's it going, everyone? All right? You OK? I obviously don't have to introduce you to Colin Hay. Thanks for dropping in, Colin, with your gang. My pleasure. You're travelling with a gang. Yes, it's, it's good to travel with a gang of Cubans and Guatemalans and Peruvians. They look like a fairly friendly gang. And uh, Australians. <laughs> Australians. They're a friendly... I introduced, I introduced the band last time we were in Australia. Uh, and I said, oh, these, these guys are from Cuba. And after the show, this guy came up and said, hey, man, oh, geez, the band sounded good, mate. How'd you get those Hawaiians to play with you? <laughs> My people. <laughs> Thanks for dropping by with the gang. Pleasure. Last time we met, we were in Nashville. You were at Americana. Yes, you're, you're, um, you get around these days, Mr. Wise. <laughs> I everywhere. Have to. That's right. Uh, so you're now, you're now an Americana, officially an Americana artist. I know. That so, was strange, wasn't it? it? I got invited to go there and uh, it was fantastic. It was good. It was a great festival. Yeah. And you were one of the highlights of, of the festival. You've got an interesting career in America, haven't you? Yeah, well, everywhere really, depending on... I went there um, in 1989 and uh, I really ran away from Melbourne because I couldn't stop the drink, Brian. Mm. And all my friends were high-functioning drug addicts and alcoholics and uh, it's a very difficult place to, to give up drinking. So I just ran away from all my friends and they thought I was a bit mad. They said, what are you going to go and live over there for, mate? You're mad, mate, you're mad, mate. Stay here, mate. You're not an alcoholic. You're just like us. <laughs> well, it's true. So I ran away. I ran away to Los Angeles where I could start again. And I've been there for a bit. I went there for six weeks, uh, 30 years ago. You, you live in Topanga Canyon, don't you? I do. Yep. I've driven along it. I've never, you've never invited me there. Well, I didn't know you were coming. <laughs> you're, you're welcome any time. It's, a, it's quite a famous place, isn't it? It's next to, is it next to Laurel Canyon? Or no, it's not next to Laurel it's, Canyon. It's nowhere near Laurel oh, Canyon. Right. But it is a, a canyon. canyon. It's a canyon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of musicians live there, though, aren't there? Yes, they're all stuck in the, in the, in the hills there. Uh, Neil Young used to live there, and I don't think that Joni Mitchell actually lived there, but I'm sure she drove across it. And the Eagles, I write songs with a friend of mine, a guy called Michael G, and he's been there since the 70s, and they used to have a a gig there called The Corral. And on any given night, Neil Young would play the Eagles and Johnny Mitchell, Jackson Brown. They would all play together. So that was the, the height of the fame of, uh, of Topanga Canyon was kind of uh, early to mid-70s. Of course, as a music fan, the first thing I did when I went to LA, I had to drive up Laurel Canyon and Topanga Canyon. But, and the thing that amazed me was they're so close to the centre of town, really, aren't they? Well, they're close, close-ish. Topanga well, takes, it takes about 30 minutes, yeah. 30, 35 minutes, with, uh, you know, in, in good traffic. And you can, you can see how little communities would form there. And they do, and, yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 Well, I went there, I, I, I wasn't planning to stay really, but I went there and uh, I drove across Topanga. And it reminded me of uh, northern New South Wales, because there was some relief. A lot of Los Angeles is very flat, but Topanga had, um, had hills and greenery and nice big rocks and so I thought this is nice here so I just stayed there. Why didn't you just come to New northern New South Wales? Would have well, been Well that's, that's what I'm doing here now. I've come here now. <laughs> well that was the choice you know. I used to have some land in Bermagui, you know Bermagui in the south coast. 46 acres of land right on the ocean. 
and uh, my God, we had to sell it. And um, but I remember thinking, if if I stay here in Southern New South Wales and build a house and just kind of settle down in Bermagui, I'll probably never meet Bob Dylan. <laughs> Actually, you, you probably would compared Maybe, to. Maybe, yeah. Well, I've not met him, but. <laughs> Still, I had a dream about him though. I was driving down the PCH in, in California and, and my car broke down and I pulled over to the side of the road and I got out of the car and I know nothing about cars but I still open the, open the hood, you know, and then maybe pick a wee leaf from it. I think, fuck, that'll help, you know. And, and this car pulled up and Bob Dylan got out of the car and he, and he walked past me and he just started messing around in the engine. And I was look, watching him do it and he's... Jeans was kind of like, he was leaning over and I could see the crack of his bum. And I thought, that's weird, I've never met Bob, I can see his bum, you know. And then he just walked past me saying, Triple A, call Triple A. And then he just got in the car and drove off and in the passenger seat there was a mannequin. And I remember thinking, fuck, that's how he gets to drive in the carpool lane. And then I woke up. You've distracted me. I can't think of anything else now. Um, I wanted to... Uh, I mentioned your career in America. There's a fantastic documentary about you called Waiting for My Real Life. Tell us about that because you've got some high-profile fans, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Apart from yeah. all of us here. Well, I think it's interesting what happens to people. I had a great moment with Men at Work and I, have, I love being in that band. And, uh, but you have those brilliant moments, don't you, in your life and you think, well, that's what defines you. But it's not really, and the danger is if you live the rest of your life thinking that you're gonna, that's what's gonna happen all the time, but it just doesn't, you know? So that was, a, that was an incredible moment of, of um, a height of success, if you like, and then after that, it just went away, you know? So I just started um, playing on my own, and it's what happens to a lot of people. But I think that's often the most interesting part of your life, is, is what happens after you've had that kind of success and it happens in all kinds of ways in people's lives everyone has kind of peaks and valleys and the important thing is to kind of you wake up and you think okay i've had breakfast now what you got to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of the day the rest of the week and for me it was just thought i thought well i'll play the guitar and sing and go out and uh, provide that kind of service for people and they seem to like it so i've just i just keep i just keep doing that when you said it went away is that when you were drinking and decided to leave Melbourne. Is that what caused that, or was it associated with the whole success thing? Um, no, I think I think the alcoholism's in my blood. You know, it's just it's, it was whenever as soon as I started, I wasn't I, I didn't drink when I was young, but as soon as I started to drink when I was in my late twenties, I, I realised as soon as I started that I was an alcoholic. And it's not the kind of thing you want to realise straight away. <laughs> you want to get at least thirty-five or forty years of heavy drinking behind you before you think. I better knock this on the head, but... <laughs> so I thought, this is not fair, you know, I'm going to have to stop doing this. But no, I, the, um, I came back to Australia. There was three things, actually. Uh, the drinking, and then I, was, I had a record deal based in Los Angeles, and I was also getting divorced. So everything was pointing away from Melbourne for me at that point, you know. So, and I went to Los Angeles, and it was just a place that kind of welcomed me. It was just... It's not a place that gives you much support. You know, it just goes, okay... Whatever you want to do, you can do it. And, and I felt like a creative kind of 
all possibilities were open, and so I just, I just, I'm just still there, you know. You are a man of many talents. They had the documentary about you. Last year, you were in Twelfth Night. I was the I Melbourne Theatre. Festy the Fool in Twelfth Night. Now there was a traumatising experience right there. <laughs> Why? Well, it was you know you have to remember lines and you have to specific lines and you have to uh, you have to be on a stage with other people and not mess up and give them the right line and stuff. But it was immensely satisfying and it was a successful show, so it was it was brilliant. I loved it. But you're on stage all the time remembering lines, aren't you? Yeah, but my own lines. <laughs> That's hard enough. I actually heard an interview with an actor yesterday on Radio National talking about the same thing. Uh, he said working for film and TV was easy, but when you had to go on the stage, it was, it was terrifying. Yeah. Is that how you found it? Well, no, it's, it was just, it, it, was, it, was, it is different learning other people's lines, especially someone like William Shakespeare. <laughs> He's written a few good ones. Yeah. He did. Um, we also, you mentioned Men at Work. You're going back on tour in the summer, the European summer, That's with, right. with, me, with, yeah, with Men, men at, work, at Work, with this exact same band. <laughs> there, there they are, Men at yes, Work, men this at is work, a preview yeah. of them. Now, your smell and San Miguel were not alive when Men at Work first started. <laughs> Persons at Work, perhaps. Yeah, but we'll, have a, we'll just an experiment to see whether people come along. But it'll just be a set of all Men at Work songs. And, you, but, and you, you've said that you really enjoy playing the song still. Yeah, well, I, I go and I play in Ringo's band, and um, and we play all you know those old songs, and so that's what gave me the idea, you know. Tell us about touring with in Ringo Starr's All Stars. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. You fly, you're flying in a wee jet with Ringo, and somebody gives you a lobster sandwich, and Ringo's sitting there going, "All right, cool. It's not bad, eh? It's not bad. <laughs> you know, it's not bad, is right." John Lennon was very cruel to him, wasn't he, when he said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles? I don't know whether he said that. Did he say that? I think he said it. But I think he was. He's a brilliant drummer. He was a fantastic drummer. He still is. Yeah. 78, and he's like springing, like he's just sprinting around like a, like a 21-year-old. You know, he's, he's incredible. I think he only eats a wee bit of broccoli now and again. That's the, that's the key, <laughs> I think. You know? He's a very, very fit man. You're on the Crossroads stage at six o'clock. I'm sure everybody here will be there to see you. You have bought your ensemble. Would you like to... Oh, you've already introduced them. Well, really. I can introduce them. Yeah. This is San Miguel on the tress. And... Um, Yosmel Montejo on the bass. Sheila Gonzalez. Sheila Gonzalez actually plays saxophone and keyboards and many things, but we couldn't fit that on the stage. Jimmy Branley on the drums. And Cecilia Noel, who has her own band in Los Angeles, who were legendary in the 90s, called Cecilia Noel and the Wild Clams. And I really met all these musicians through Cecilia. So she, she worked with San Miguel in Havana, Cuba, and then befriended Sanmi, and Yosmel came to Los Angeles, and, and they were working with her. And they were hanging around the house. And so I said, well, come downstairs and play on my record. And uh, so I just basically steal her musicians, is what I do. Jimmy's from Havana, Cuba, fantastic drummer. So I'm very fortunate to have all these great musicians with me. We better let you play a song. This is called Come Tumbling Down, and it's got a chorus in it, and you're going to have to sing it, uh, help me sing it. Um, it goes like this. This is your bit, it goes.
to coin in the wishing well But it's a long time drive I watch that old Greyhound bus kick up dust As it rolls on by I asked the man in the station He said, son, just take a look around There hasn't been a train through here Since it all came tumbling down Drinking man no more But this one night I got lost I've never been much of a dancer But this night I surely was I made it out to the cottonwood Slept with my ear down to the ground And in my dreams I could hear the screams As it all came tumbling down A child sitting on the stairs She's seeing everything there is to see Somehow she still cares We took her out on the Ferris wheel Made of glass and steel and such Now it's melting in the sun It's not worth all that much I raised my hands up to the sky As we climbed to higher ground Let's just keep on dancing Till it all comes tumbling down Thank you very much, Colin Hay and friends. See you. Thanks a lot. See you in a few, uh, six o'clock if you want to come over to the...